Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. What do I do with the coffee? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's Christmas morning. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be out opening gifts or still in your pajamas? No, I love that some of you are still in your pajamas. But I love even more that you came to worship our Lord Jesus Christ on Christmas at church because he's the reason for Christmas. Amen. Amen. And we have this discussion every six years. It's not really a discussion. Should we have church on Christmas? It falls on a Sunday. And I always say, what are you talking about? We're a church. You guys do whatever you want. I'll be at church on Sunday and I'm preaching. So there you go. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. And uh, before we get too far, I, I want to remind you uh, next Sunday we'll be at 10 o'clock also, one service. And then going beyond that, we'll be at 10 o'clock every Sunday. We want to start eventually an evening Sunday night service. And so we're going we're gonna to combine our morning, get that organized, do Sunday school classes and membership and baptism type things. And, and then uh, when we're ready, we'll, we'll launch an evening service uh, when we get to that place. So uh, from now on, 10 a.m. until things change. All right, um, but not forever because we'll get there eventually. Uh, just want to mention uh, also the Saturday after the uh, January seventh, we'll be having a service for Carol Clink, my mother-in-law, uh, who uh, passed recently. And so uh, those of you who knew her, uh, you're invited. And so we're uh, rather than a formal invitation, we're just going to be having a four o'clock uh, January seventh right in here. So I just want to make sure you're aware of that. Um, and then this morning, we want to pray for um, Amy Osi. My uh, son's mother-in-law has had a pretty rough year, and yesterday uh, went motorbike riding and broke ribs in six places, a collarbone, and bruised both lungs. And so was uh, at emergency on Christmas Eve and is still at the hospital. So Merry Christmas for her rough um, so uh, be praying for her and the family as they're adjusting and things like that. So I'm going to mention that, and then we're going to jump into our passage this morning. Lord, thank you for why we're here, all the gifts that you give us, namely yourself, and then how that plays out in so many ways to mold us and shape us for what you've designed us to be, what you've created us to be. Thank you for your word and what it does in that process. Pray that you would bless how we use it this morning, how we look at it. May you be honored and glorified through it. Thanks for the story we get to look at this morning. And I pray it would uh, edify us all, make us a little better, a little change as we go out of here. We pray this all in your son Jesus' name and ask that you heal and comfort Amy and the family. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have been doing an angels series at Christmas and so far, angels have come and talked to Zachariah and Mary and Joseph. Last night, they came and talked to the shepherds. And apparently, Jesus was already born because he told them, hey, you're going to go find him in a manger. And they went and found him. So Christmas is over. There's a bummer Sunday for you. Christmas over? You know, in some traditions, they say they celebrate Christmas for another 40 days after Christmas 
Um, I want to suggest to you that Christmas is not over because the angels keep showing up. In fact, Joseph is going to get another angel uh, right now. We're going to look at this uh, passage out of Matthew. And uh, we're going to look at just 11 verses here and see why, why I thought this was over. Why are angels still uh, coming? And then what does it have to do with us? Uh, these are great stories, but there's a reason why we still have them. God preserves his word for his own agenda or just to make himself popular and known. Yes, but also because there's something for us in it. Let's find that this morning. Here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and following. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Hey, Joseph, as if you haven't gone through enough, virgin pregnant wife, now you've got to travel to Bethlehem, no room at the inn. We have all these different stories. You've got a lot of doubters. And you think social media is bad today. Can you imagine being Jewish in that culture and somebody's pregnant prior to the wedding? And how do we do that? Meanwhile, you're in captivity. Rome's in charge. And you've got Herod, who's jealous of everything, his own shadow even. But they're being forced to a, a mandated census. I mean, all this stuff is going on. And now... All of a sudden, you're in trouble? In fact, Herod's heard about this, and he wants to know. So what we haven't seen is he's, he's sent for the scribes and the Pharisees and said, hey, I, what's this king of the Jews thing? What's, what's going on? Where's that? Where's it going to happen? And they're like, uh, uh, in Bethlehem. And so he's on the hunt. <coughs> Why does the angel show up? Morning? Morning? Direction, message from God, it's better than warning or direction, is God still speaking? We have an interactive God? Absolutely. Is it over after Christmas? Well, no, Scott, there's Easter. Yeah, but then when that's over, then the whole story's done and that's it? Or does God continue to give us direction? Does God continue to protect us? Does God provide, some would say provision, for us? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I want us to see and appreciate for ourselves is that Joseph gets an ongoing, intense, interactive relationship with God. It's beyond one event. In fact, it's multiple events, and it's going to get worse. Let's see. Rise, take the child, um, because Herod wants to destroy him. Verse 14, he rose, took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all in that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. So, well, if I can't find them, I'll just kill them all. Now we know why the angel showed up for the protection. Verse 17, then, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. 
A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. What is this about? Well, Ramah's a, a reference to the land of where they were. Rachel, wasn't she like somebody's wife? Yeah. Remember the 12 tribes of Israel? They came from 12 kids. Remember uh, Jake, uh, Jacob wanted to marry Rachel and uh, father-in-law tricked him. And oh, after the ceremony, you're actually married to Leah now. And then he waits to have uh, serve and earn the opportunity to marry Rachel also. Then they want to have kids and Rachel can't have kids, but Leah's popping out kids one after another. Finally, Rachel has her own kids, and we won't get into the whole story, but uh, one of the kids, one of the few kids that she has, ends up residing that tribe in Bethlehem. This is why it's Rachel that's weeping, because her kids, her tribe, and her town, they're the ones that are dying. It's rough. Why do we keep quoting all these prophecies? Why is this in the story to this day? We're going to see that in a few minutes, right? Let's keep moving. Verse 19, but when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt again. Man, Joseph's got the trifecta going now. Saying, rise, take the child, his mother, go to the land of Israel. We're going back, but now we're going north of Bethlehem, probably. Israel is considered the north. Judah is considered the south. Bethlehem is in Judah. So we're not just going back to Bethlehem, but probably where they came from was the north in Israel anyways. The only reason they were in Bethlehem is to come down for the census, because that was where their family had originally been from. Is this guy tra Has anybody traveled with kids? <laughs> Have you ever done that? Newborns? Young ones? Yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> right? He's, he has to go back now... Uh, uh, and, and up to Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, this would be the south, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go. And being warned in a dream, every time he's been warned in a dream, who did it? An angel. This might be the fourth time. I'm starting to think Joseph's a pretty uh, blessed guy. I mean, he and Gabriel, I think they're exchanging Christmas cards to this day. Right? He went and lived in the city, uh, warned and dreamed, and went to the district of Galilee. That's the north, Sea of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that was what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Right? You've heard uh, Jesus of Nazareth? Yeah, because when he gets to the age where he begins uh, doing his ministry, he comes from the north. He does a bunch of ministry in the north, and then he eventually ends up down smack dab in the temple and starts teaching the Pharisees and the scribes and then ends up, you know, Mount of Olives, and then there's a cross, and we get our Easter story and so much. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm looking at maybe three more times just in this passage that the angel came to Joseph. I thought Christmas is over. Baby's here, Right? O come, O come, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel, right? He's come. He's that, didn't we just sing that? Well, now that he's here, why is it not over? Why does it keep going? Is this life? Is this how life works? What do we take from this? Because I'm, quite personally, I'm, I'm a little 
discouraged by this story. Of all the people I think should get a good deal and be blessed, it's Joseph. He's been obedient from the beginning. Remember when the angel came to Zechariah, he doubted, made him mute for nine months, the whole term of the pregnancy of John the Baptist. But when he comes to Joseph, Joseph says, I believe it. I buy it. In fact, as soon as uh, he's done with the message and the angel, he gets up and he does what he was told and he keeps doing it. How is it that he's still having to work then? Still having to travel? I mean, he's going to multiple destinations. What's going on here? I think there's some great things for us to take from this. Now, I know we don't have tragedy or difficulties at work or strained relationships or people never post things about us that we don't like or any of that kind of stuff. But just in case any of that ever did happen, let's take some truths from someone who went through a rough road because that's a fair statement about Joseph, right? What we get at, at, uh, at Christmas, post-Christmas, from this after-Christmas angel is that we get some gifts from God, but these gifts from God give us confidence, after Christmas. They give us some confidences after Christmas. And what are they? One is to assume, assume God's presence and grace. When the angels show up each time, what's it for? I said it earlier. Direction, protection, a little advice, a little hint little clue. Hey, you might not want to go there. Hey, something's going to happen with your wife. Hey, by the way, you didn't think you could have kids, but you're going to have kids. Is that how God works? Is he present? Is he paying attention? Is he dead? Or is God alive still? Is he still active and wanting to be involved and give constant more direction? Absolutely. When Jesus left this earth, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Banqueting table, streets of gold. But when I leave, I'm leaving you a gift. Spirit. A spirit will be with you, ever present. Right? The spirit, we consider it the third part of the Trinity, the third branch of the Trinity. That'd be God. Remember what we just sang? Oh, come, oh, come. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus shows up on the scene, but when he leaves, God's still with us through the Holy Spirit. Is God present? Yes. yes. Is he still gracious? Yes. Absolutely. The fact that we even get to be at church on a Sunday. Amy's not. Is he gracious to Amy? She's still alive. No one was there. No one saw the accident. We don't know what happened. But how many ways can you count the grace of God in your life? Times that he's come and uh, helped you? Times you knew about? Or how about times you found out about later? You ever had one of those? I interviewed for a church. I was third round. I'd gotten through everything. They were going to hire me. I was going to be in Vegas, uh, south of Vegas, Henderson. It was going to be crazy. And bam, they went dark goes to me. Never heard from him again. And I was crushed, and I didn't understand. I was going to be the number two person at a very large church, and, and just it was going to be amazing. It was before we started this church. It was years ago, and I never could understand what happened. Like a year later, I'm talking to one of my buddies, and this idea comes up, and I'm sharing with him. He's like, oh, really? 
Oh, you're so lucky. And I know why they didn't get back to you. The guy that was going to hire you, the guy in charge of everything, moral failure. You would have walked into the biggest buzzsaw train wreck. It would have been miserable. In fact, you probably wouldn't have got through the process and been hired because it happened the night after your dinner with your wife. Man, thank you, God, for the grace that you show me that I didn't know. I have to assume that God is present. I have to assume that he does good things, positive things. And why do I need that confidence and that new assumption? Because what do we like to do? We're all going to (laughs) die. We go negative. We go dark. Oh, I'm sure there's no parking spaces for me. It's Christmas. Right? We just, we think everything, it's got to be cancer. You know, by the way, don't look up anything on the internet. It all leads to cancer. (laughs) Right? Um, They must not like me. I'll never be able to do it. I wasn't smart enough. We don't have the money. God would never. Stop it. Stop doing that. One of the greatest things we get from this is that we have a God who wants to be around us. He shows up on the scene all the time. And then he, he guides, sticks his finger in the middle of our soup sometimes. And it's not always fun. But imagine what Joseph was going through. And then compare it to what you think you go through. And then remember what Paul calls it in the New Testament. Whatever you're going through. It's light and momentary affliction. I love that phrase, and I've remembered it for decades. Light and momentary affliction. This too shall, there you go, it'll be over. And when it passes, who's still be there? And? And me. Me and God will still be there. Now, I might be a little rougher for the wear, but I'm still here. What's next? Let's go. I think that's one of the confidences that we get from the after Christmas angel when it comes to Joseph three times. Here's the second one. Uh, We can also seek his regular direction. Seek his regular direction. I I see, I think the story's a little bit backwards. Prior to Jesus, angel comes once to Joseph. One time. Jesus is born in the manger, blah, 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 shepherds, drummer boy, magi, blah, blah. All of a sudden, angels show up how many times? Say three after. Four total, three after. Shouldn't that be flipped? Hey, uh, you're going to need a lot of prep work. We're going to need to train you and get you ready for what's about to happen. We're going to have to go over some scriptures and stuff. I'm going to visit you like three times. We're kind of going to do the Christmas carol thing. right? We're going to meet with you a bunch of times. Then the baby's going to be born. Then we'll have just like one check-in afterwards. You good? Okay. Peace, I'm out. That's how I think it should have gone. Why is God in control and not Scott? Because he has a better plan. Yeah, I'll tell you what's coming. But when it comes, it's going to hit like a tidal wave. And when it hits, you're going to need regular interaction with me. You're going to need more information, more direction. You're going to have more doubts. Uh, It's going to hurt a little, right? Worst phrase at the doctor's office. This is going to hurt a little, Don't tell me that. Just say it's going to hurt a lot. And then drag me through it. Why seek his regular direction? 
seek. What does that force you to do? It forces me to do something. Own it. Take a step. I might have to pray. I might have to go talk to somebody. Like, how do you put both hands on the rope and start pulling rather than expecting God to do everything for you? If you expect God to do everything for you, you get nothing. That's how it works. Joseph is there and he's like, hey, I know you're in Bethlehem. I know we drug you down here. Um, newsflash, we're going to Egypt. Let's go. In fact, we're not just leaving. Flee. Right? Did we get that one? Flee. We got to take off. Post haste. Right? What do they say when the house is burning down? Don't grab anything. Just get out of the house. That's what they're doing. Then when they get to Egypt, after a little while, Herod passes. He says, hey, uh, I know we came down to Egypt, but um, that time's over. We're going to do a new season. It's time to return. Return or remain. Remain in Egypt, right? And then lastly, it's, now it's time to go back. It's time to return, right? We need regular direction because there's going to be times when you need to flee, remain, or return. How will you know the difference? Well, my dad will tell me. Yeah? Dad's wrong regularly. Maybe a little less than half the time. How do I know that? Three times over. Messed it up many times. Amen. Praise God. How are you going to know that? Go back to this, the one before. Seek his regular direction. God, uh, what's going on here? I know you're talking, but I have no idea what you're saying. What should I be choosing? I got four options. She's telling me to do this one. They're telling me to do that one. And I don't like either of them. We ought to know when it's time to run, when it's time to hold our ground, when it's time to retreat, go back, confess, jump in, invest, withdraw, shut up, speak up. In fact, just going through that list, I'm exhausted and overstimulated. There's way too many options. How can I ever make it through this? Can we just go back to singing? So much easier. We got to expect that he's got regular directions for us that we're moving and going places. Now, we're, we're, we're in the story where we've been. We've been in Bethlehem. Went down to Egypt. We're going back up past Bethlehem and Judah because of Archelaus. We're going up to Galilee to, starts with N, Nazareth, right? This helps us understand third and last point, Okay. Um, and this is, this is it, that we should start to expect and tolerate multiple destinations. Wow, Scott, did you come up with that on your own? No, it was right there in the passage. You just said it. Be uh, Bethlehem, Egypt, Nazareth. Now, why do we get that? And why do we get all these prophecies? Because... In the Old Testament, they said he was going to be from Bethlehem, born in Bethlehem, right? But then we got another one that says, out of Egypt, he's going to come. Then another one says, Nazareth. Well, which one is it? 
You know, in my modern Western culture mind, there should be an answer, which I love this. When I finally figured out that modern Western culture has very few answers and that previous cultures in other places might actually be smarter than us and are regularly, you mean there's options for how we answer that question? Yeah, he lived in one place for a little while, lived in another place for another while, and then lived in another place. Now we know where he's going on. Well, what does that tell me? God can work in multiple places? God does work in multiple places. Does that mean I get to stay where I am? Most likely not. Why? Does he change? Does he adapt you, grow you? give you more skills, more relationships, more resources, more opportunities to have bigger experiences, different experiences. I'm a little bummed that we get very little out of the story as to how those destinations work for him. In fact, what I do know about Joseph is we hear about him maybe one more time when Jesus is an adolescent and they leave him back in the temple or he stayed back in the temple and then they go home and He's teaching, and then there's like, wait, we, we don't have Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is lost. They go back, find him in the temple, teaching the scribes and the Pharisees. Like, well, what are you doing? And Jesus says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? After that, we don't hear from Joseph. Tradition is that he passed shortly after that. We get to the Easter story. There's Mary. There's disciples. There's all kinds of stuff. You never hear about Joseph because he's gone. What was his experience? How hard was it? Ah, forget all that. What's your experience? How hard is it? What questions do you have? What doubts? Does God have regular, regular direction for you? Does he want to be gracious to you? Protect you? Provide for you? Absolutely. We absolutely see that in this story. We just need to start expecting it. You know, there's, um, there's some deep theological terms like the sovereignty of God. Um, there's disciplines like Calvinists. And there's a great concept. In fact, I was just reminded of this the other day. This idea that you can sleep like a Calvinist. What does that mean? Well, Calvinists uh, believe in the most strictest definition of God's sovereignty, that he is in control of all things, makes every single decision. How many hairs on your head right now he picked that number? And if one falls out today, it's because he decided it. If he's got that much control, then you can sleep like a baby. Why? Because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So sleep like a Calvinist. There's nothing you can do to change it, right? Now, we believe in Arminianism a little bit, the idea that places in the Bible where he says, choose this day whom you will serve. So do we have choice? Say yes. Is God in control of all things? Say yes. Is that totally confusing and make no sense? Say yes. Yes. What we believe in at Rock Bible Church is compatibilism. That God's total sovereignty and our free will somehow worked away together in a way beyond our understanding. But God has no limits as to how he does things. So that's true. What's that have to do with multiple destinations? You get to choose what's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Now you get to choose 
how you're going to walk through it. How do you respond? You're going to expect the best. You're going to be positive. You're going to be optimistic. You're going to say, well, glad that's over. That stunk. Let's not do that again. But God must have ordained it and chose it because I went through it. How do I move forward now? We start to expect it. What about that second word there? Tolerate. That's a horrible word. I have to tolerate God's destinations? Why did I put that in there that way? I mean, we're human, right? Go with the human thing. Why would I have to say tolerate it? Might not be pleasant. We might not like it. Pick your favorite kindergarten answer, right? Wait, I never would have chose that option. Yeah, well, how about you tolerate it? Why? Because when you get through onto the other side, you might have some surprises that are positive, that are good. So let's do this. Let's, uh, let's have a little fun. I'm going to let you change the outline this morning. How about expect and fill in the blank with a better, more positive word than tolerate? Pick one. They're easy. There's plenty of them. One five letter starts with N and ends with joy. How about expect and enjoy? Multiple destinations. Would that be you making a decision about where you're going? Yeah. Give me another word. Embrace. Embrace. I never would have thought of that. And that's a, it's a wonderful word. Give me another one. Anticipate. Okay. Kind of like expect. I went to church and Scott did a vocabulary lesson. <laughs> I believe that Joseph learned all these things because he lived all these things. I believe that you can enjoy, live, and learn all these things because Jesus lived and learned all these things. In his time here on the planet, did he have multiple destinations? Absolutely. Did he have to expect God's regular direction and his provision and his grace? His presence. Yeah? Wait, what? It's Easter a couple nights before. What are we talking about? How about we not do this, God? Sweat of blood. Let this cup pass from me. Is he talking to God directly? Absolutely. Is he going through something tough? Absolutely. Why does he do it? Multiple reasons. One's for us. One's to conquer death. One's to solve sin. One is to show us how to live. This is how reality works. Praise God. Amen? Uh, be a Joseph or be a Mary. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for uh, today. Thanks for people being at church, your house, your day, celebrating your son. Thanks for your story, your agenda. Thanks for the time that you sometimes allot us to finally figure out what is going on, what was going on. Show us how to walk in you. Pray, Lord, if anybody's never started that relationship with you, never made the decision that I want to start seeking you, that they maybe make that decision this morning. And if that's you, you, you can say it. It's a simple prayer. You can say it however you want. One suggestion might be, Lord, I start seeking you today.
first day of seek for me. Be with me from now on. If that's your prayer, we want to help. You let us know. Come talk to me after service. Lord, thanks for all you've done this year in our last service of 2022. Might I say, Lord, from the deepest part of my heart, goodbye and good riddance to this year. And I trust you for next year. I say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. want to clarify if if you're new that little last prayer about 2022 for our family this has been a tragic year in many ways i won't go through the list we're just happy for the year to be over we like other years though (laughs) it's not that we're grumpy all the time so um may you seek him Amen. Amen. Go with him.